ma 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 Well, well, well. Will you stand with me? Let's read the word. If you don't have a handout, just, just raise your hand. One of our ushers will give you one. You need one today. And we're going to use it to start the service because we're going to read from it. And we're going to read Colossians chapter number 1. Uh, verse 14 is where we're going to start. And we'll go through the bottom. Um, I want to remind you of who God is. So that you, when we get to chapter 3, you can live out what he says courageously. If you don't get chapter 1, you can't live out. If you struggle with chapter 3, it's because you don't know chapter 1. So you got to be anchored in chapter 1 so that you can live out. So let me give you some of the things we've been saying so far. So we said, if you want God to take you over those who he wants under you, then you have to get under those he currently has over you. But if you don't know chapter 1, you can't, you're going to be fussing with chapter 3. The reason you're fussing is because you don't know who God is. Because you have, you have put him on the level of man. That's why you got to lo- know and be anchored in chapter 1 so that chapter 3 you can live out because you know who you're doing it for. Because whatever you do, you ought to do all for the glory of God. So let's, let's, let's anchor here so that you can do. Because today... Here we go. Verse number 14. Everybody read it as loud. If you're at home, yell at the TV, yell at the phone. Scream. If you're walking, just shout out the word of God. Somebody in the neighborhood need to hear it. If you're working out on the treadmill, say it out loud. Let them know you love Jesus. If you are, uh, uh, that's it. Let's go. <laughs> Nothing else is good after that. Uh, in him, come on. In him, we have the forgiveness of sin. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of all creation. By him, all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him. You're not an accident. Everything was created through him. Verse 16, all things were created for him. That's so important. You were created. Your kids need to know you were created for Jesus. You're not building your kingdom. You're in the business of building his kingdom. You're not created for you. That's why you're not at the center of your world. Jesus is at the center of your world. And if you don't put him there, you're going to be in a fight because he loves you too much. He's going to create environments to force you to depend on him. So you put him there. So might as well you do it from precept and not from pain. Might as well you say, okay, God, I surrender all. You're going to be in the middle of my will. Come on, let's see what else he has to say. He is before all things. In him, your family is being held together by him. Your job being held together by him. Everything you do is being held together by him. Your brain and the use of your memory is being held together by him. You see, it's not till you start losing your brain that you start saying, oh, whoa, whoa, that you start appreciating it. That's why you ought to appreciate the fact that he's the one that's holding all things together. The reason there's not wars and crazy wars is because he's holding all things together. The reason the earthquake are not ridiculous. It's because he's holding all things together. The reason you don't have hurricanes and storms and and it's just going rampant everywhere. It's because your God is so good. He's holding all things together. If he ever, if he ever takes a siesta, all things go crazy. It just go crazy. That's why you need to worship him every day of your life. Because without him, it's chaos. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning. He is the firstborn from the day. In everything, he is preeminent. Say this again. In everything, he is preeminent. Last time, in everything, he is, you got it. In him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. He reconciles all things to himself, whether on earth or in heaven. He makes peace by the blood of his cross. He makes 
He makes peace by the blood of his cross. Now, don't sit down yet. Don't sit down yet because let's go to the verse I'm going to preach today. Verse number 17. I'm not preaching 17. I'm preaching 18. But you need to read 17 to get it. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Take a look at it. Here we go. You got to read this. Read it out loud because you're going to need it for verse 18. So let's say, whatever you do in word or deed, do. Stop. Do. Last time. Do. In the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. In whatever you do, whether you're at work, when you you go to work, you're doing it for God. When you're at home and you're parenting them kids, you're doing it for the glory of God. You're doing it in the name of God. If you're a wife and you're submitting to your husband, you're doing it in the name of the Lord. If you're a husband and you're submitting to your wife, you're doing it in the name of the Lord. In everything. You see, if you don't get that, you're not going to like the rest of the passage. Because then your motive is wrong. In everything he says, do it. Next verse. Here we go now. Here we go. Read it real loud. Read it loud. Don't even look at it yet. Just read it. Wives, be subject to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Wives, be subject. Just the ladies. Just the ladies. Ladies. Just the ladies. Ladies, just you. Just read this, ladies. Real quick. Real quick. Ladies. Wives, be subject. No, 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 no. That ain't all of y'all. Some of y'all dropped off. Some of y'all, some of y'all dropped off. Some of y'all, some of y'all, I ain't reading that. I ain't reading that. I, I read chapter one first so you would know that this, you got to put your trust in God before you can read. Ladies, I just want the ladies to read it in the name of Jesus. In, in all that you do, in everything. Read it unto the Lord. <laughs> Here we go, ladies. Come on. Wives. Come on, fellas, let's hear it for them ladies. That's just something beautiful. That's just something beautiful. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. All right, next verse, verse 19. Hus- no, everybody read it first. Husbands, love your wives and do not become bitter. Stop. Do not become bitter. Gentlemen, your turn. Do not become bitter. I see y'all. Y'all reading pretty good, gentlemen. I see y'all. So here we go. Do not, here's another way to say, do not become silent. Do not become passive. Do not go home and watch TV and don't connect with her. Do not go play all the sports in the world so you don't have to hang out with her until you need some. You think it was just about the ladies today, huh? You think it was just about the ladies? (laughs) Uh, Fellas, 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 fellas. Don't suffer in silence. Don't turn her off. Don't shut her out. Don't believe the lie she won't understand. Why you, why you go? Somebody said, repeat that two more times. <laughs> so this is the problem when you go to church. You, there, there are seasons... When you just need to say glory to God for this word, inside, inside, it's glory to God. Lord, let him say it five more times. Don't say it out loud. Use him, Holy Spirit, use him. You may be seated. Come on, let's get going, let's get going. We got a far way to go today. <clears throat> Here we go. Um. <clears throat> Here's what we've said so far. Here's where we're coming from. Chapter one, we said, and we reminded you, you're the crowning glory of his creation. That's who you are. Someone said, who are you? I'm the crowning glory of the creation of my heavenly father. That's what you are. Don't let anybody minimize who you are. Don't let anybody lie on who you are. You personally are, are, are the best of his creation. So you are. Yeah, it is. That's chapter one. Uh, and then in chapter two, we said, there's going to be a temptation that the culture is going to tell you that you need to add something to Jesus. The culture is going to say, you don't need Jesus. The culture is going to say, you don't need to be a part of no church. The culture is going to say, hey man, we've gotten used to this thing. Let's just do us. Listen, about 25%, listen, about 25% of the, of the people that used to come to church, 
uh, the statistics tell us, have now decided all they need is the U Bible, the U version Bible, and an app, and they don't need to go to church no more. That's all they need. The church is called the Bride of Christ. That's who you're a part of. Your assignment is to make sure you don't forsake the gathering of the body of Jesus Christ. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. But we have to make sure, we make sure that when somebody comes, everybody feels included. And we can't leave nobody in the periphery because you don't like their sin. They don't like yours too. That's why our job is to be reconcilers. That's what we do. So chapter 1 says, hey man, here's what we need to do. We need to make sure we remember we're the crown and glory of his creation. Chapter 2 then says, don't add nothing to Jesus. Don't believe you can, you, can do, you can do this on the side and it can replace Jesus. Your joy, your satisfaction, your contentment, your peace don't come from anything else except Jesus. He is your source. Allow the God of peace to give you the peace of God. Ladies and gentlemen, don't add none to it. Jesus. Then we go to chapter 3. And we say, okay, if it really is all about Jesus, then in chapter 3, he says, now I want you to take off some stuff. That's who you used to be. That's not who you are no more. So I want you to put on what I tell you to put on, which is the fruit of the Spirit. I want you to be kind. I want you to be joyful. I want you to be gentle. I want you to be patient. I want you to be all that. He says, that's what I want you to be. And when you get to the relationships that I'm going to talk about, I want you to make sure that you have on the right clothes. Don't put on the wrong clothes and then try to apply this in your relationships. Here's what he says. He says, um, in every other relation, in every other religion, it says, you show that you love the being by what you do for the being. In Christianity, God, mm -mm, mm -mm. God says, you show the world that you love me by how you love the person beside you. <laughs> God says, no, no, no. I don't need you to do none for me. I don't need to do all this for me. Here's what I want you to do. Show me, God says, how much you love me by how you treat the people around you. That blew the first century's mind. Every circuit in their brain was gone because God said, no, 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 no. You, you don't have to, you, you don't believe me? First Corinthians chapter 13. Actually, pull it up. First Corinthians chapter 13. This is for somebody because I didn't do this in no other service. So somebody in here need to hear this. So here we go. First Corinthians chapter 13. If I give away all my possessions to charity, you give all your money to the poor, and if I surrender my body so that I may glory, but do not have, say this with me, it does me no good. Give away all your money in the world. It don't matter. Because God says, if you love me, you're going to love horizontally. Don't fake yourself out. You can't, you can't say, I love God, but I don't love them. You can't say that. He says, then you're not following Christ like love. Go to the next verse. Here's what it says. Um, it says, uh, love is patient. It's kind. It's not jealous. It's not, it does not brag. It, it's not arrogant. It says, this is what it is. None of these is for you. It has to do with the person next to you. So therefore, if you're not this, then don't say you're a Christ follower. If you, if you defend, I don't need to be patient with you. You can't say you're a Christ follower then. Because God says, I'm redefining what this looks like for the people who are going to say that they are Christians. He's saying, so therefore, be careful what you say. So when he comes to the phrase, um, wives, be submissive, oftentimes we got a problem with that word. And the reason why we have a problem with that word is because you've only heard it negatively. You've never heard it from a positive uh, 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 context. You've never know, known it or heard it from a context that has pleasure to it, that has joy to it. You've only heard it from a negative perspective. So today I'm going to redefine it for you. Because the culture has tried to take this word and so no, every preacher that preaches about it says, well, ladies, what it really means, you got to be here. No, 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 no. If you know Jesus Christ, he has been, since Matthew all the way through when Paul's writing this book, he's been laying out who he is and what people that follow him look like. This shouldn't be a surprise to you. It actually should be regular and normal to you. Because he says, 
in a positive environment, he says, the only reason you can have a relationship with the Father is because he submitted himself, Jesus did, to the will of the Father. And because of his submission, you can now have a relationship with the Heavenly Father. So he says, that's a positive experience. That's a pleasurable experience that you get the benefit of. But every time you hear the word submissive, you want to cringe and roll your eyes and... Pretend as if that only weak people submit. Yet the one you, you follow, Jesus, submitted. So then let's talk about this. And then why? What's the issue with the word submission? First of all, the Bible tells us that you ought to mutually submit. So men, before you, just please, every man in this house remember this. Before you rush to say, you better submit to me. First of all, you need to remember that the command was not given to you. Nor was it given to you to say to her. It was given to her, so you can't say it to her. It has to be upon her own volition that she says and makes the choice that I'm going to honor God by submitting to the person he has over me. So you don't get to preach that sermon to her. You get to pray for her, but you don't get to preach it to her. So if you have to preach it to her, you ain't no leader. What you are is a domineering person. Uh, see, see, you're getting mad at me already. You'll be looking like, let me walk out of this foolishness right here. I'm done with this thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because it wasn't meant for you to tell her so that she can submit to you. Because you got your own verse to apply. Focus on your own verse. Love her. Be willing to sacrifice for her. Lay your life down for her. Well, your job, sir, is whenever you think, oh, God, I've given it all. Jesus said, you ain't dead yet. I died for you. So keep on loving and keep on giving. But this concept shouldn't be that foreign because he has laid out so many principles before he comes to this one. This is a big deal, y'all. There's so many principles that come before this one. I don't want you to miss it. Watch what he says. Come on, let me show you. Here's what he says, and I don't want you to miss it. Before you get to submission, here's what he says first. Don't ever miss this, please. He says, I want you to love others like God loves you. We don't have to go to, we don't have to go to be submissive. He says, I've taught you this already. What I have done for you, you now do for everybody else. Love others like I love. How did I love you? I was patient. I was kind. Uh, it's, I wasn't jealous. I didn't brag. And I wasn't arrogant. That's how I loved you. Now you go love, you go love your spouse that way. I want you to love the people horizontally that way. Whatever you are expecting from me, I want you to give to them. Do you know how foreign this was in the first century? Let me say this. Do you know how foreign this is today? You want me to love them? I hate them. Yep, I want you to love them like I love you. Because remember, you also hated me too. And when you gave me your worst, I gave you your best. So he says, if you're going to name Jesus, that is, then you're living differently. That's why you can't hate the people who don't vote like you. That's what your culture wants. They want us to be divided. That's why you can't hate the people because they don't take care of their grass and their house look jacky. And now it might bring your property values down. That's why you can't hate the people that cut you off. That's why you can't hate your in-laws. That's why you can't hate your ex. That's why you can't, I can't stand the bone in their body. Because that's what you were given to God. And he gave you back his very best. That's why when you become a Christian, everything changes about you. That's why the Holy Ghost wears you out so much. That's why you can't sleep at night because you know that's wrong. And the Holy Ghost will be telling you, uh-uh, I'm going to make you miserable till you love them like I love you. You be wondering, the dog, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. The dog just need to provide the Bible to you and say, go love like Jesus. Tell you to love. And you'll go right to bed. But he's telling you, he says, this is, this is supposed to be normal. The problem with Christians in America and really around the world now is we just want Jesus to do what we want him to do and to do what we want. 
That's all we want. So Jesus, just don't let him take my money away. Jesus, don't, don't, just make me happy. Jesus, that's all you want. You really don't want to be transformed by the renewing of your mind and by the transformation of your heart so that your people that used to know you, don't, that when they see you today, they say, who the heck are you? They're supposed to say, oh my goodness, who are you? And when, when, when you get back together with your people that used to be there in high school and when you were acting a plum fool and you go back and everything is normal and say, oh, yeah, they're my own dog. And then they go bleep, 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 bleep. And you go right back, bleep, 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 bleep. Nothing has changed. Which really means you need to check your salvation. Because when Jesus saves you, his Holy Spirit will wear your tail out. That's why he says, this is, this should make, this, he should wear you out with this. This is, this alone, right? I haven't even gone no further. This right here. Love others like God loves you. But he doesn't stop there. He says, that should be normal. And if that's normal, uh, Philippians chapter 2. He says, here's what I did. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think it was no big deal. I came from heaven. I left all of glory to become a man. To put you first so that you can connect with the Father. He said, then do what I did for you to others. He said, it's not rocket science. Just do what, what I did for you, I want you to do for Why you want to be the beneficiary, but you want it to end with you and not you be a conduit through which others be blessed. He says, come on, man. This is, should be normal for the Christian. If your heart's been transformed, your mind's been changed, and you're not living like the culture, but now you're living like Jesus, then, then you're supposed to love others like you've been loved, and you're supposed to put others before yourself. And then thirdly, you're going to run out of the church now. Thirdly, he created you to be a servant, not a star. You're not a star. And then the culture wants you to be, oh, yeah, look at me. Pop. No, no, no. That's not who you are. Because Mark 10, 45 says, I came not to be served, but to serve. This ought to be normative in our lives. We're not trying to be at the front of the line. We're trying to let other people be at the front of the line because we're servants, not stars. Now, listen, I'm, I haven't gotten to be submissive yet. I'm just showing you why being submissive shouldn't be as foreign as you are making it out to be. Because if all of these are true, and then the fourth one is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, where he says, now I want you to be mutually submission. I want there to be a, a race to the back of the line with your spouse. I want, no, you go first. No, you go first. No, you go first. No, you go first. I insist. I say it. I love you too much. You got to go first. And there should be this, 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 this deference to the other person. No, I want you. I want you to be blessed more than I. I want you to go first. You don't see that. What you see is, yeah, I'm going first. Yeah, you better recognize I'm going first. And yeah, I don't care what you say. No, what your mama say. I'm going first. That's what you see. Here's why. Because the word of God hasn't transformed our minds and has not transformed our hearts. So really, we're playing Christianity, but we're not living it out. And he's asking us, hey, man, I died for you. And Romans 12 says, I want you to realize that you ought to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't conform. Don't look like the world. And the more you look like them, the more you're saying to God, I don't appreciate what you have done for me. So here's our principle for today. You, you, you know the principles. So far in the series, I've said... Um, I've said, yeah, you're the crowning glory of his creation. Then I've said, you ought to get over what God wants. No, if you want to get over what God wants under you, then you have to be under what God has over you. Then last week I said, the goal of discipline is re restoration of the relationship, not punishment. That's huge. The goal of discipline, the goal of any form is restoration of the relationship, not punishment. We talked about that last week. I promise you, I got more messages from last week than any other, but that's, that's for another time. Then this week, here's the, here's the principle. It's a simple one. Here's the principle this week. Ultimate freedom. Um, maximum freedom. Freedom is found when you follow the authorities that God has over you. That's it. You see how simple that is? 
ultimate. You need to teach this everybody you know. It, the more freedom you want, the more you have to follow what God says. Okay, let me help you out. Some of you have been looking at me crazy. I've talked to this before, but I'm going to teach you again. Um, in Genesis, here's how it goes. Man, God created man, created woman, and he says, here's the order. I'm going to talk to you, Adam, and you're going to talk to Eve. And then it goes, God, Adam, Eve, serpent, animals. Genesis chapter 3, Satan said, mm-mm, we messed that order up. Because they want freedom, and that's why he said, hey, what? I want this tree, I want this tree, I want this tree. Give me this, give me this, give me this. Uh, and he says, I want this apple, I want this apple. Give me this, give me this, apple, apple, apple. That's why apple has a, anyways. Um, um, then he says, I'm going to start with a serpent. Then we'll let the serpent talk to a woman. Then we'll let the woman talk to the man. And then we'll let them all leave God out. So God says, here's the order. Satan says, I'm going to inverse the order. And Eve thought she was getting freedom by eating, but she actually lacked freedom because she ate. God is saying today, the same temptation is defeating us. Your assignment is to follow his order. The more you follow his order, the more freedom you have. Maximum freedom is found. It's a truism throughout all the Bible. Maximum freedom is found when you follow the authorities. God. You, no, watch it. Come, come, come. you love it for your kids. Kids, I promise you, you're going to have the freedom. If you just follow me, don't hang out with that one. That one is bad. Don't hang out. And if you follow me, it's going to be great with your life. But when it comes to God, you be like, I'm grown. I know more than God. So that's why I ain't following that. I, I almost said fool. I ain't following that fool. Mm-mm. I'm going to do my own thing. That's why we have the issues that we have. You don't have freedom. Your freedom is limited because of that. So come here now. So here we go. So love others like God loves you. That should be normal. Put others before yourself. That should be normal. I'm a servant, not a star. That should be normal. Mutual submission. Man submitting to the woman. The woman submitting to the man. That both of you are submitting to God. That should be normal. Now when we get to wives submit to your husbands, husband love your wife, this should be normal. Because all of this has been built into your Christian walk before you get to this point. The reason it's not is because we act in like the culture. The culture don't care about any of this. The culture puts themselves first. So that's why the culture says, submit. I ain't submitting to nobody. I don't care about none of y'all. My, as a man, I must submit to her. I'm not submitting to her. She better follow me. That's cause the culture is saying, I don't care about Jesus. I just care about me. I'm in the center of my wheel. I don't care what anybody else says. I do me. And the culture believes maximum freedom is found when I follow me and do what I want and feel my own feelings and do my own things. And without realizing it, we've bought what the culture has said. All of it. And now we're just doing what they do. We did it during the elections. We did all they did. We're doing it on our jobs. We're just doing what the culture says. And all we care about is building our own kingdoms. And God is saying, don't live for this. I want you to live for this. But don't live for your little 70 years. I want you to live for the billions of years you're going to get to spend with me in eternity forever. That makes sense, man? Come on, let's hear it for God for that. All right. Now, if you have your notes, that's all the front of this page, okay? It's showing you from one to five what, we, what should be normal for the Christian. Turn your page over. Let's see if we can run through this and get to my point. This is all preamble to get to the last page, which is where I'm trying to get to, all right? So then he says, how, how, do, you, how do you become a safe wife? How do you become a safe husband? How, what does that look like? How, how do you get there? And so he goes through it with us because he says, wives, Colossians chapter 3, be subject to your husband, be submissive to them, honor them, respect them, wives, that's what I want you to do. And the husbands, I want you to love the woman that I've given you to love. Well, what does submission really look like? First Peter chapter 3 is going to tell us about the guys, but let's see what submission, a safe, respectful wife, what does it look like? You're convinced, ladies, you're convinced, big chair, little chair, that we talked about last week, that God knows what's best for us in submission and headship. 
You're just trusting that God, you're saying, you've set it up, you know what you're doing, that ultimate freedom is found, maximum freedom is found when I follow your precepts. Which means, you say, if this relationship is going to work well, there has to be this thing called submission or serving, and there has to be this thing called headship or sacrificing. Men, your job is to sacrifice. Ladies, your, God is to ser- your, your job is to serve. And he's saying, if you are convinced that I have your best interests at heart, then you will realize that you will ex- enjoy maximum freedom. However, number two, single friends, come here. Let's talk to you a little bit. Be careful, therefore, to marry someone who is humble enough to lead biblically. My single friends, let me help you out. Don't you dare check out. Don't do it. Don't check out. Because you must learn from precept and not from pain. We have too many, we have way too many people in here that could stand up right now and say, let me tell you something. I thought I could change him. We have way too many of them that said, hey man, I, I thought I, I thought, I, <laughs> they presented one thing to me and there were somebody completely different. We have too many people in here that would say, pastor, I promise you, I thought she was it. I mean, finer than a mug, but she was a hot mess. <laughs> you know why I'm not laughing? Because I hear it too many times in my office. I hear it too many times. You go based on your emotions and you throw your Christianity out the window. Because you're so desperate, you argue that, well, I just, I just hate, what I hate more than anything else is I hate being alone. So the first dude that show up or the first girl that show up, all right, here we go. And then you go into it, then you bring them to church. Tell my pastor, can you help them lead me better? Mm-mm, I can't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You should ask that question before you married them. Not now. But, but you couldn't because before you married them, it was the thing that consumed your thoughts. And since you didn't have the discipline to have God in the center because you being married was in the center, then when you are still unhappy, but now you're unhappy because you don't like the person that you put in the center, now you want the person out of the center. So now you'll never be happy because you never realize that if Jesus is not at the center, you will forever replace it with something else. This is so huge. But it happens all the time. Singles. If he can't lead you before you get married, he can't lead you after he gets married. Keep, keep all that, keep all that. Listen. Ladies, men, 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 men. If she's fine before you get married, over time, the fineness is going to wear off. So make sure there's something more than she being fine. Because, you know what? Y'all don't like when a brother tells the truth. Let me help you. If she's fine before you get married, after she's fine, after you marry her, she's not going to be as fine the longer you got her, more importantly. There's some, always somebody finer than her. So don't just get married to her because she's fine. No, don't get married to her because she's ugly either, but I'm just saying. <laughs> All I'm trying to suggest is be very careful, please, because the principle still applies. You don't get to leave because, well, they're not submissive, so I need to leave. You don't get to do that. Number three. Number three says, submission is mainly an intelligent, happy, wise support for leadership. What you're saying, ladies, when you're submitting is that I am, I'm smart, I'm wise, I'm all of that. I'm happy, I'm supportive of the leadership. It is a, it is a context of pleasure. You love to do this. Next one, number four. It says submission. Don't miss this one, the most important. Submission ultimately means submission to God because you never follow a husband into sin. So it ultimately means I'm really submitting to the bigger chair, not the little chair. Because in all I do, I do all in the name and for the glory of God. So I'm really doing this for God. My husband is just a beneficiary for what I do because Jesus is in the center of my will. 
That's all. He's just the beneficiary, but this is who I am. And he better be lucky and grateful and praise the name of the Lord that he married me because I honor him because I honor God. Number five. Ooh, in a draw, you say, I trust you to do what's best. In a draw. So, uh, he doesn't mention me. Amen. All right. It's a race to the back of the line. But there's sometimes that there's a draw. What do you do when there's a draw? Sweetie, I, I trust that you're going to do what's in our best interest. I trust. No, in, in, in our family, you all do what you do in yours. But in my family, um, there, there are four times. Every other time, we have to work it out. There are four times that I get uh, last year. I didn't even use all four last year. Last year, I only used two. But there are four times where, where Jada will say, okay, you get four times. Uh, I disagree, but I'm going to trust that you're going to do what's best for us. Okay. Now, here's what that means from in my household. You do what you do. You apply the scriptures or you want to apply. But I'll tell you how we apply. It means when there's a draw, we're going to work it all the way out. Uh, there are four times, like if there's a quick decision to be made, but she disagrees, or if there's something that needs to happen quickly and we can't get outside counsel to help us, stuff like that, then, then, then I get to make a decision, all right? And there are only four times. So by the way, gentlemen, if you're going to do it, then, then don't use all four of them by January 4th. <laughs> Because God bless your soul for the rest of the year. So don't use them up quick. You remember December is coming. So save one for December. Because shopping increases dramatically in December. So save one for down there. So you don't, you're not tracking with me. Anyways, so, you're, so that means whenever that happens, it's a draw. Then you get to make a decision. So let me give you one that me and Jed. We've had four big, massive disagreements in our marriage so far that, uh, that we've disagreed on. And she has trusted me to, to, to make the call. One of them, because I know you know, Z, I'm going to tell you one. Um, one of them, one of them, we've had four big ones, though. Like, 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 like. It's two, it's two driven people. So, you know, we go at it sometimes for the glory of God. Um, one of them was, you know, she wanted to, she didn't want to work no more. I said, then you married a Jamaican. You know you won't work. <laughs> uh, you married Jamaican, I'm dead something. You married Jamaican, you're going to work more than one job, okay? Just realize that. It's just what we do. We work more than one job, okay? It's in us. You got to work. Anyways, so, so, so she, she didn't want to come home, and she, you know, she's been getting a lot more speaking engagements all over the country, really, all over the world. And uh, she's been like, okay, man, it's, you know, it's challenging. And, you know, you know, the way I grew up, they'd be like, come on, suck it up. Let's go. Come on. What you, what you doing? This is what we do. This is what we do. You got one life to live. Let's go. Let's live. You know? That's what we do, right? Um, Unwise, by the way, but that's what we do. Um, and so she was, yeah, I just think, I think the Lord is telling me I need to come home. I said, oh, the Lord is. Okay. <laughs> you need to be a fly, for some of our conversations, especially when I act a fool, you really do need to be a fly of the wall. You would die. You'd just be laughing. Uh, on, on, but two of them, you wouldn't laugh. You'd be like, he, you'd be like, he a hot mess. Anyway, um, so this one, because she, so, so she wanted to come home. I said, no, nah, I don't think that's the season yet. I think, you know, ah. so anyways, so we're working through it. And then she said, it's one more. So I said, I just, I don't think it's the right season yet. I don't. I need you to, I need you to hunker down, and I need you, if you don't mind, to, to work through it. Oh, I disagree. I just want it to be known. I disagree. I don't think that's what we do. And so we had that discussion. And then, the Holy Ghost is my friend. Do you hear me? And then COVID happened. No, let me tell you what it means. That means she can't go nowhere. She couldn't travel. She couldn't speak nowhere. Nobody was calling her. Everybody was hungry and all that. So for a whole year, about two months into it, she came to me and she said, you were right. You walked with God on this one. <laughs> she said, in this case, I don't know about no one else, you are walking with God on this one. I promise you, gentlemen, if you honor your wives and don't brag about it, and you make a tough call, God will redeem you over time. I've had four massive ones, and every single time, God redeemed me. I thought it was a tough decision. But I thought it was right. By the way, she's, we've made decisions in her favor, and I've had to come back to her too and said, you're right. All of them have to do with people. She can snuff them out. 
not that one. And you know me. Oh, no, 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 no. They, and you just don't understand. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it's there. She, not that one. And I kid you not. Airtime. I can't stand it. She write airtime. Airtime. Last one. Come on, let's go. We got to go. Uh, respond to his initiative. Ladies, all I'm trying to suggest is um, your job is to, is, to, is to say, all right, this is not what I want. This is not what I think is best, but I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust that you're going to do what's right and then leave it up to what your God, who is fully in charge of the whole situation. Men, your turn. Come here. Let's go to the men. Men, look at yours. You have four things to do, men. Remember that you don't get to dictate to her. There's a mutual submission. All that means is it's your job to race to the back of the line and put her desires above yours. Number two, men, this is you. All of this in, is in First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Men, you ought to consider. Consideration is essential. In other words, study her so you know her, so you know what she needs, so that you can provide for it before she even needs it. Number three, men, your job, the cooperation is practice. In other words, it is the oneness where you both come together and work together as one. Number four, uh, division is unprofitable. In other words, he's suggesting, gentlemen, you don't get to be divisive in the home. Never. Because once you are, you need to stop praying. Once you're divisive, you need to stop praying. Because First Peter chapter 3 verse 7 says, then he can't hear your prayer. So your assignment, it is that to make sure that that oneness stays there. He gave us uh, one of the elements, which is communion, to make sure, uh, one of the sacraments, to make sure that we keep short accounts with each other as a husband and wife, and well as with the body of believers, so that we are always confessing our sins, so that we can be united again. Men, your job is to sacrificially love that woman. Now, uh, come on up here, both of you. Now, let me show you the danger in Colossians chapter 3, verse 18 and 19. This is the silent danger that kills relationship. And don't you ever forget this as long as you live. And I hope it, it rivets in your heart today. Come on up here, both of you. Come on, let's hear it for my, for my illustrative couple today. Come on, everybody. So here's the difficulty in relationship. This really is the difficulty. The difficulty is that in every relationship, um, you have somebody that's dominant, and you have somebody that's not as dominant. The problem is, oftentimes, there are people in that relationship that are not safe. By safe, I mean... You can't have an honest, open, raw, vulnerable conversation. And because you can't, listen, somebody suffers silently. Because you have set up a scenario where it's always your way. And you've set up a scenario where your words matter most. And you've set up a scenario where it's your way or no way. Or you've set up a scenario where if you don't do what I say, then it's going to be miserable for you for a long time. That means you're not a safe person. So listen now, let me show you what that means. This is so easy to fall into. So fellas, if you're really dominant, and if it really is your way, and the thing that attracted you to her wife, because opposite attract, was that she would just, you know, she just wants you to lead her and do what you say. And, yes, sweetie, I want to come behind you. And she's one of those that just wants to come behind you. And just, yes, I just enjoy following your leadership. You will have, and you will face the temptation. Listen, please, please listen. You'll face the temptation of just keep doing it your way with, without stopping and asking, what do you want? What's your heart? What are your dreams? What do you want to see happen? I, I, I know you've helped me, and you've helped me get a degree, and you've helped me start this job, and you've been there, and you've helped me. But, 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 okay, enough for me. What do you want? Because this is supposed to be a seesaw. Where you, no, 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 I want you to go up. No, 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 I want you to go up. No, 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 I want you. That's what it's supposed to be. But it seems like you're the only one up, and she's always down. And she don't get to talk to you and tell you how she really feels because you're not safe because every time she tries you come up with an argument you talk over her you talk faster and you got all the money and 
So she suffers in silence. So here's what it looks like. It looks like this. It looks like, in this scenario, he gets his way all the time. She just, because of her sweet personality, sure, sweetie, this is what's best for you. This is what's best for us. And she goes along for the ride because you're dominant. And that's not what God intended it to be. Instead, he intended it to be, no, 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 no. I want to hear what you have to say. No, 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 no. I want to hear what you have to say. No, 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 no. And it's a, it's a race to see who gets to be above. No, I want to hear your thoughts because I want to do what you do. I want your dreams to come true. I want it to be us together. I don't want it to be me alone. That's what it's supposed to be like. But not in this household. It seems like it's always what he wants. And there are a lot of households that are like that. And so she suffers and suffers and suffers silently. And it's not until somebody starts filling her cup that she starts to ask the question, then, 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 then why does my husband feel, make me feel this way? That's because you've, you've, you've dominated her so much that she just gives in. It's not worth the fight anymore. But I'd be remiss if I just left it on the guys. Ladies, there are many of y'all who might have the tendency, maybe you grew up without a dad, and so you had to early on find out how to manage things and control things and make sure everything is fine and make sure everything is in order, and so you're attracted to a guy that will let you do that. So now he lets you lead and he lets you control and you love it because he makes you come alive because when you come alive, you get to do all the things you want to do. And then you get married and now he's trying to change some things and trying to lead you. But you don't want to be led because you've never been led before. So now when he tries to, hey, maybe we should, no, 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 no. You know, we don't need to do that. Just do this. And then you use sex as a weapon against him for that. Men, don't even say a word. Just be quiet and let me talk. (laughs) Don't say, no, don't push no elbow. Just be quiet right now. Just say, thank you, Holy Spirit. That's it. Anyways. So then you use it as a weapon. So now he, he, you've taught him to not challenge anything you do. You've taught him to just do what I say. No, you don't come out like that. But you just show. Because every time he tries, every time, you say, this is the way we've always done it. This is the way we're going to keep doing it. And so now he suffers in silence, because you're not a safe person. So he can't get to talk to you so you can hear his heart or what his dreams are or what his desires are. And every time he tries to share it, you shut it down. You don't do it that harshly. But over time, you just oh, don't try. You've tried too many of them, and it never works. Just don't even try. I'll take care of that. And you emasculate him without even knowing it, because you're not a safe person. So the question then is, how the heck do you become a safe person? Because, come on now, the way it's supposed to be, come on, no, no, don't, don't go on it yet, just go back and forth. The way it's supposed to be is that it's supposed to be this idea of this give and this take. And no, 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 I want to hear what you said. No, sweetie, tell me honestly, how do you feel about this? Don't allow my dominance to get over you. Tell me, I want to hear what you want. I want to hear what your desires are. Because, sweetie, I want to love you like God loves me. I want to put you first. I want to be a servant of you, not the star. I don't want there to be mutual submission so that I can love you and you can joyfully submit to me. But that's not what happens. Because there's usually somebody that always has the upper hand. So how do we deal with that? Come on. Go to your notes now. Let me show you three words and then we're done. Three words. Number one, if you're going to be a safe person, and this is all we're talking about for the rest of the time, this is my main point of the service today. What? How do you become a safe person? Professionally, how do you become safe? Does somebody always have to think, well, you know, don't go over there because she's she going to cut you as soon as you open your mouth. And you go, she like Zorro. Before you know it, you're gone. Because their tongues go before them. Zip, 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 zip. Before you even know it. How do you become a safe person? Three words for you today. Number one is the word presence. Number two is the word compassion. And number three is the word trust. Presence. 
Are you, em- are you emotionally available for your spouse? Number two, compassion. Do you make an effort to understand your spouse? Are you empathetic with them? Number three, trust. Do you make an unfailing commitment to your spouse? The only way you can be a safe person is number one, if you're there and you're present. I said, I want to hear you, but listen, and you don't start with, um, you're not saying it right. You got to say it so that I want to hear it. No, 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 that means you're not safe. If they got to say it right, because your job is to be smart enough, professionally and relationally, to hear the heart, even though they don't say it right. It's your job. You need to hear, you need to know how to read the heart, even though they say it with a bad attitude. Because you care about the connection more than you care about how they say it. It's your assignment. If you're going to be a safe person, okay, I didn't say it right. Well, then I'm not, I'm not listening to anything you say because your spirit was just wrong. Well, if you're going to take the first step to be a safe person, then you got to put their desires first. And you got to say, I, 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 oh, this rubbed me the wrong way. I don't like how they're saying it. But they really are hurting. So let me just hear their heart. Then compassion. Can you be empathetic? Can you put their needs above yours? If you can't be empathetic, then you can't be a safe person. If you have to put yourself in the middle of the wheel and not Jesus, and it's always, well, 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 you didn't do this, you didn't do this, well, I don't want to hear that, well, then you can't be a safe person. A safe person says, I'm willing to hear you even if I disagree with it. By the way, this is what all of America needs now because when somebody disagrees with you, you want to write them off and get rid of them out of your every area of your life. And the people who are supposed to show them the opposite of that are not showing them the opposite of it. Why? Because we don't know how to do it. So when the world looks to the church to find help, we can't because we're not practicing. Love others like God loves you. Put others before yourself. You're a servant, not a star. And you're supposed to have this mutual submission. Because we don't practice it, then we can't lead the way. And you take it to your office, and you take it to your sports teams where your kids play, and now you want to get off of that team because they're all Democrats or they're all Republicans. And you want to get off of it. Instead of being in the midst of it, it's okay for you to disagree with me. I can still have a conversation with you. Even when you disagree with me vehemently, I can. Can I get a witness, one family? Come on, put your hands together for that. All right. So therefore, as we close, now you can share your joys, your hopes, your dreams, your fears, your hurts. You can share them all, all of them. It starts, number one, your hopes. Number two, your dreams. Number three, your fears. Number four, your hurts. Number five, you can share them all. And when you do that, here's the result. You have satisfying communication, effective conflict resolution, and greater stability as a family, which is what we're going after. So now let's go on now. Let's see if we can come full circle and apply the illustrations. Let's see if we can get it. Come on. So now... Good job. You see how he graciously allowed her to come on there. So now, what it should look like in your house, what it should look like, husbands and wives, singles, this is what, this is what you're praying for. This is what you're looking for. Where, where, where. There's sometimes when it goes in this direction. And then there's sometimes when it goes in this direction. And then they're each trying to outlove and outgive each other the entire time. And it's not one person all the way. It's the give and it's the take because both people, both of them, are the unique creation of God. And because they are, nobody's, nobody gets to be looked down upon. They both get to be valued. They both get to be honored. They both get to be loved. They both get to be cherished. They both get to be exalted and say, I want to put you before me. That's what he's calling you to do. That's it. That's it. This is the beauty of the thing called marriage. And here's the beautiful thing on this. This is just a picture of what you're going to get to experience when you get to heaven and you get to the marriage supper with Jesus. All this is is an illustration to show the world what they're missing out on because they don't know Jesus. But if our marriages suck, then why would they ever create a thirst for heaven? It's your assignment. To help us, God, model. I get it we're broken. I get it we fail. I get it we don't do it right. I get it sometimes we make bad decisions just like I've made bad decisions. I get it. But that don't mean you give up on it. 
That means, okay, thank you for the grace and mercy, God. Now let's fight for what it should look like. And thank you for being a God of second and third and fourth and fifth chances. So we get to do it and we get to try it again so our kids can do it better than we can. But we didn't give up. We kept on trying. That's it. That's the assignment before you. So my question for you is, will you learn to be a safe person? Will you learn that it's not always about you? Will you learn that God's blessed you with another human being? And your assignment is to get to know their heart so you know their hopes, their dreams, their desires. And your job is to desire to fill every last one of them according to the word of God. Will you have a new dream for your own marriage? Will you have a new dream for your own life? So you don't stay stuck like that, but that you always are giving and taking. Come on, family, give God a round of applause for Good job, guys. Good job. Good job. Let me pray for us, everybody. Let me pray for us. Father, God, for a lot of us, this is really hard because we have to take a risk. We have to courageously move forward. And we've got to say, I know I've had a lot of bad illustrations. But I've got to learn to be a safe person. It has to start with me. It doesn't matter what my spouse does. It doesn't matter what my boss does. It doesn't matter what my in-laws does. It doesn't matter what my ex does. I've got to be a safe person. So will you teach me, God, how to be a safe person? How to be a person that, that when there's disagreement, that doesn't mean I run away. But when there's conflict, it doesn't mean I, I say I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm, I'm gone. But will you teach us, God? All of us. Every last one of us. Me, the chief one. To be safe, to be present when people need you to be present, to be, to truly trust because it's the only way love works with trust and then to truly be compassionate. Will you teach us, God? Every person under the sound of my voice, will you teach us how to do that? We pray in Jesus' name. If you're here today and God's been speaking to you, I want you to stand. If you know, God, I need to be a safer person. If that's you, stand. I want to pray for you. Anybody like that in the house today? Stand right where you are. That's okay. Don't, don't wait for one person to stand. I want you to stand. God's been talking to you. I want you to stand. Don't feel compelled. It's not an obliga obligatory stand. It's because God's been talking to you. It's like ain't nobody else in the room but you. Ain't nobody else at home but you. And he knows for too long, it's always been the other person's fault. They need you to stand. Anybody else before we, before we pray? Heavenly Father, I'm the chief one. There's always room for us to be safer. Will you help us to do that? Thanks for everybody that's standing. Thanks for their courage to say, yeah, I, I need to get a little better in that. I, I, I don't do well at loving like you love me, God. I don't do well putting others first. I don't do well making sure I'm not the star. I'm the son. I don't do that naturally. It doesn't come naturally. So in light of that, God, will you give me the courage this week as we have this conversation? Will you give me the courage this week as, we, as I move toward taking the risk again? Will you give me the courage to do that? Empower them afresh. Anoint them for the assignment. May marriages be healthier. May relationships be healthier. Because we're doing it all for the glory of God of God. We're doing it in your name and for your glory. Because there's maximum freedom when we follow the authorities that you have placed above us. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for the person to go try it out with. It's a little scary, but give us the courage and the faith in Jesus' name. Everybody say Come on, family. Give God a round of applause. Come on. Let him have it. Let him have it. He's been too good. All right, well, you got some work to do this week, so I can't wait. I want to hear the stories of, uh, by the way, by the way, one application here. You can't tell yourself that you're safe. Because I know they got somebody, and no, I'm safe, I'm a safe person, I'm a safe person. You, you can't tell, you, you got to go home now and go ask somebody, hey, no, 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 for real, tell me the truth. I want, I, I can take it. Am I, am I safe? Put it on a scale for me. One to five, five being you're totally safe. I can tell you anything I want to tell you, anytime. And, and if they say you're a one, 
Don't, don't get mad. Just say thank you. Because feedback is a gift. Just say thank you. But you don't announce. I'm safe, ain't I, babe? I'm safe. You don't get to do that. Anyways, all right. Uh, thanks for being here, everybody. Uh, in a moment, we're going to take our global community and we're going to send you to our, our pastor so that they can talk through all the things that are coming on. If you don't, listen, if you're not yet a member of a church or a membership class, at 1 o'clock today, you can be a part of. So just jump online and you can be a part of that experience. Number two, if you don't know Jesus, we'd love to talk to you about him. If you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to allow this one to be your church home. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, men, every last one of y'all, you need to be at our men's conference. Um, you do not want to miss it. There's basketball earlier on Friday. There's the gun range you can go. There's golf for y'all, city ones. Whatever you need, there's something for you, okay? So make sure you be a part of that, okay, fellas? So we'll join you there for the men's conference. Don't miss it. And then we have men's Bible study this week. And then make sure you register your kids for VBS because it will sell out. And when it does, don't get mad and call us later and say, hey, y'all sold out. You need to go register right now for VBS as well. Hey, OCC Global, why don't you go now uh, with Pastor Baxter. Pastor Baxter, take it away, buddy.